Section 1 of The Letters of a Portuguese Nun by Mariana Alcoforado. Translated by Edgar Prestage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 1, First Letter. She only said, My life is dreary. He cometh not, she said. She said, I'm weary, weary. I would that I were dead. Mariana Tennyson. Meu amigo verdadeiro, quem me vos levou tão longe? Como vós vos fostes, tudo se tornou tristeza. Nem parece ainda, senão que estava espreitando já que vos fosseis. Bernardin Ribeiro, Saudades, capítulo 1 Do but think, my love, how much thou art wanting in foresight. Ah, unfortunate, thou wert betrayed, and thou didst betray me with elusive hopes. The passion on which thou didst rest so many prospects of pleasure now only causes thee a deadly despair which is like nothing else but the cruelty of the absence which occasions it what must this absence to which my sorrow all ingenious though it be cannot give a sad enough name deprive me for ever of a sight of those eyes in which i was wont to see so much love which made me feel so full of joy which took the place of all else to me, and which, in a word, were all that I desired? Mine eyes, alas, have lost the only light that gave them life. Tears alone are left them. And ceaseless weeping is the sole employment I have given them, since I learned that you were bent upon a separation so unbearable to me that it must soon bring about my death. But yet it seems to me that I cling in some sort to the sorrows of which you are the sole cause. I consecrated my life to you from the moment when I first saw you, and I feel a certain pleasure in sacrificing it to you. I send you my sighs a thousand times each day. They seek you everywhere, and as sole recompense of so much disquietude, they bring me back a warning, too true, alas, of my unhappiness an unhappiness which is cruel enough to prevent me from flattering myself with hope, and which is ever calling to me. Cease, cease to wear thyself out in vain, ill-fated Mariana. Cease looking for a lover whom thou wilt never see again, who has crossed the seas to fly from thee, who is now in friends in the midst of pleasures, who is not thinking for one moment on thy sorrows, who would not thank thee for these pangs for which he feels no gratitude. But no, I cannot make up my mind to think so ill of you, and I am too much concerned that you should write yourself. I do not even wish to think that you have forgotten me. Am I not unhappy enough already without torturing myself with false suspicions? And why should I try so hard to forget all the care you took to prove your love for me? I was so enchanted with it all that I should be ungrateful indeed were not still to love you with the same transports that my passion lent me when I enjoyed the pledges of your love. How can the memory of moments so sweet have become so bitter? And contrary to their nature, must they serve only to tyrannize over my heart? Alas, poor heart, your last letter brought it into a strange state. It endured such strong pangs 
that it seemed to be trying to tear itself from me, to go and seek for you. I was so overcome by all these violent emotions that I was beside myself for more than three hours. It was as though I refused to come back to a life which I feel bound to lose for you, since I cannot preserve it for you. In spite of myself, however, I became myself again. I flattered myself with the feeling that I was dying of love. And besides, I was well pleased at the thought of being no longer obliged to see my heart torn by grief at your absence. Ever since those first symptoms, I have suffered much from ill health, but can I ever be well again until I see you? And yet, I am bearing it without a murmur since it comes from you. What? Is this the reward you give me for loving you so tenderly? But it matters not. I am resolved to adore you all my life, and to care for no one else. And I tell you that you too will do well to love no other. Could you ever content yourself with a love colder than mine? You will perhaps find more beauty elsewhere. Yet you told me once that I was very beautiful. But you will never find so much love, and all the rest is nothing. Do not fill any more of your letters with trifles, and do not write and tell me again to remember you. I cannot forget you, and as little do I forget the hope you gave me that you would come and spend some time with me. Alas, why are you not willing to pass your whole life at my side? Could I leave this unhappy cloister, I should not await in Portugal the fulfillment of your promises. I should go fearlessly over the whole world seeking you, following you, and loving you. I dare not flatter myself that this can be. I do not care to feed a hope that would certainly give me some pleasure, while I wish to feel nothing but sorrow. Yet, I confess the chance of writing to you, which my brother gave me, suddenly aroused in me a certain feeling of joy, and checked for a time the despair in which I live. I conjure you to tell me why you set yourself to bewitch me as you did, when you well knew that you would have to forsake me. Why were you so bent on making me unhappy? Why did you not leave me at peace in my cloister? Had I done you any wrong? But I ask your pardon. I am not accusing you. I am not in a state to think of vengeance, and I only blame the harshness of my fate. It seems to me that in separating us, it has done us all the harm that we could fear from it. It will not succeed in separating our hearts, for love, more powerful than it, has united them forever. If you take any interest in my lot, write to me often. I shall deserve your taking some pains to let me know the state of your heart and fortune. Above all, come and see me. Goodbye. I cannot make up my mind to part from this letter. It will fall into your hands. Would I might have the same happiness. Ah, how foolish I am. I know so well that this is impossible. Goodbye. I can no more. Goodbye. Love me always, and make me suffer still more. End of the first letter.